you know, I don't think anyone has the secret squirrel program. You know, it's weird that the Chinese get people to the Olympics. Americans get people to the Olympics. The Romanian, I'm like, we all, we all lift and have different styles, but man, they're all, it all looks the same at the end. It looks really the same. And, um, you know, one of the things that I think is that we can continue to manage the first order of business when someone doesn't have access to range is to not let them default into positions that are less useful, you know, positions that, and what you, you could say for a while, you could say, Hey, that's compensation. But even, you know, the original language we all heard was fault error, right? You know, and I'm like, uh, this may be the only way the athlete can move. So is that really a fault? So what we can say is this is a compensation. You're working around a problem, but you might say dysfunctional strategy or less effective strategy. Whatever doesn't hurt your feelings is fine with me. <clears throat> but what I'm looking for is transfer. And I'm looking for specifically that the universal principles of lifting actually transfer to the universal principles of sport. There was a old, old football coach I was working with. And he was like, I like the bench. It times it ties the arms to the body. And I've, you may have heard me say that before. And he didn't really know what, but he knew that kids who could bench could break the crap out of the bar and were wickedly stable. And when they tackled their elbows, didn't flare and they didn't get their arms ripped off and they didn't break tackles because they could grab someone and create high levels of torque and rotation and make that shoulder stable and they were gnarly to fight that was a gnarly person so here is a coach who's like this bench press doesn't just make me stronger it teaches me principles of better motion that's really stinking cool and when we start to go into the movements we were like oh that's really i get it why we like to use rings and why we can use dumbbells because it allows us to create better, more stable postures of higher intensity that can allow me to transfer my skill to other things. So if my athletes are always turning their feet out and dump on their arches in their crappy Nike shoes or whatever they're wearing, you know, their, their vanity shoes, didn't mean to throw Nike under the bus, everyone take it down a notch. And, um, and all of a sudden you're like, well, why are you cutting that way? You know, because no one, no triple jumper lands with their foot turned out like a duck. No one cuts with their foot like a duck. It just, you can't do that in effectively position. So what we ask is, why are you training? Well, it turns out, this is a, this is, this is get me banned on the internet. You're gonna love this. Squatting is a low power movement. You can do whatever you want when you squat. You wanna turn your feet out, slam your knees in, it's low power. It doesn't matter, it's squatting. Look at one of the highest rates of force production, highest power outputages in all of sport. It's the second push or second pull in Olympic lifting. Right. People will maybe agree. Maybe it's not the highest. It's pretty high. It's a lot of power. Look at the foot position. Most of those athletes choose. It's a much straighter foot position. It's almost like they shove their knees out to create a really stable position for the hip. The ankle doesn't collapse. The art, you can't tip the foot over. The foot is flat as they're pushing through the ground. And all of a sudden you're like, huh, why is that foot in that position? Because it's the only position that allows us to handle high speeds. Then they receive that in this ridiculous ass to grass spot. And it doesn't matter because it's a low power position. So what we can start to say is do the shapes that we're training transfer more effectively. And that gets us beyond, Hey, strength solves all problems. I have seen enough really big, strong kids get injured and been enough big, strong kids who didn't win the world championship, but I've seen enough skilled, big, strong kids who rule the world. And it points me at a, a coach I want to bring on everyone's radar is Franz Bosch. If you're not following Franz Bosch, look at what Franz is doing. And you might not use his, his bags, 
but look at how he talks about strength conditioning as coordination practice. We were just talking to Tom, Dr. Tommy Wood, University of Washington, and there's a direct correlation between functionality and strength and longevity and brain function, not just body mass, right? So not just having like steroids and BFR for everyone, but like a coordinated body because it turns out that coordination piece is why we're training. So strength and conditioning is really just coordination training with resistance. Taking a quick break from the show to tell you about our deal we have going on right now in December. If you sign up for Fundamentals Level 1, you will get one free year at Strength Coach Network. That's right. Sign up for Fundamentals, our 20-hour long-form education course that has information on every topic in strength and conditioning that will make you a better strength coach, regardless of the field that you're in. Not only if you're a strength coach, personal trainer, athletic trainer, physio, this is for you because all the education about progressions, regressions, motor learning, speed, agility, jumps, you name it, we have information in it. So sign up for Fundamentals, get a free year at Strength Coach Network. Click the link down below. Let's get back to the show. No, I mean, amen to that. And how much of the time is it going to be, maybe somebody has that pain because there's something anatomically that won't show up unless there's an MRI, but how often are you able to actually assess that because you don't have access to it? Well, what we can say is you're absolutely right. And what we can say is, um, does this position transfer to a whole bunch of sports and other positions? So if this is a dead end technique and it's just about moving the most weight up and down a bar, that's not sport. But if it's really about jumping and landing and cutting, I mean, watch people, people will not turn their feet out and do a, a, you just won't, you'll see ridiculous squatting techniques with feet. And those are power lifters. That's fine. It's a, it's a sport that allows them to hit a certain depth and do a thing. And then do you, have you watched like no diss, watch Larry wheels run, watch Mark Bell sprint. What you can ask is, wow, I'm not sure the strongest athletes in the world are still our most athletic. So we start to see, and again, I'm not, I want to be Larry Wheels when I grow up. I mean, really, that guy's a monster. Mm-hmm. But the, the point is, we can start to ask how effective, what is my goal, and what are my training helping my goal? And I think that really helps us to get to the heart of the matter because if I'm just trying to get stronger in the gym, that's recursive training. And that is what a little bit what CrossFit suffers from. I do more pull-ups so I can do more pull-ups so I can do more pull-ups. This is super cool. And I never, ever have enough pull-ups and I can never do enough pull-ups. And pull-ups are too, too, too terrible a sport to even mention. Pull-ups are a shitty sport. And so at some point, we want to ask, did all these pull-ups transfer to me swimming more effectively, playing soccer more effectively? There's got to be... What's my goal? My goal is to play my sport and to be better at my sport. And I think we forgot what strength and conditioning is all about. And it's about the application of that. During season, my goal is to just keep you playing. And my strength training looks a little bit different during the season because my goal is to keep you fresh. I modulate. But then I get out of that and I'm back into sports preparation mode. And maybe I open up ranges and maybe I work on skills. Then I go to sports specific mode where I'm just flip flopping back and forth between preparation and season. And what you see is that the only goal is to prepare the athlete to be coached by the team coach. Talking about you know, being strong and not always being the best athlete. One of the questions that we've talked about on the show before is, is somebody strong because they're fast or fast because they're strong? Which one do you think it is? Ooh. Well, the real question, who someone, someone posted recently, I think they were maybe talking about rugby. I watch a lot of rugby on the internet. And, um, you know, they were just saying that um, let's not ever give up our athleticism. Um, 
I was uh, in conversation with Coach Harry Mara, who's one of the best decathlete coaches of all time, heptathlete coaches, probably the, arguably the most successful coach in that domain ever. And towards the season, he would just carry a medicine ball around. And he would say, well, I think you're strong enough. I mean, this sounds like Bondarchuk right here. And what we would see is he'd be like, look, it's really fun to add another kilo to the bench press, but what you really need to do is throw. And it's interesting that Dan John even is like, come train with me. You're going to see how much we throw and how little we lift. We're going to hit a few key lifts and then we're going to go throw and throw and throw and throw and throw. So, you know, to answer your question or get back, you know, the, how do we develop athleticism? Can athleticism be developed in the gym or is that as athleticism best developed in the gym? And suddenly you suddenly realize probably we need to go take a Frisbee and go play some some ultimate frisbee if we want to develop athleticism and suddenly just because you can bench press 300 you know 200 kilos does that necessarily mean you're going to be first picked for my kickball team so you know that and i and again i still want that kid who can have a big bench to throw the throw the you know shot put a long way comma how do we develop athleticism and i think the gym sometimes models that because it's so easy to quantify and so difficult to quantify athleticism <clears throat> that's a good point um backtracking a little bit what you know, how did you get into this field of, you know, being a DPT and getting into athletics and human performance? Like what was the genesis for you? Did you always know that this was going to be a field that you wanted to get into? Oh, good question. So first of all, I started out as a broken athlete. So I paddled on the U.S. canoe and kayak team and I paddled myself right off the U.S. canoe and kayak team with a <laughs> neck injury. <laughs> Suddenly my hand wouldn't hold the paddle anymore and I couldn't turn my head and that ended my professional paddling career after a couple of seasons because I caused that injury. It was just an overuse injury. And um, that literally, you know, the, the good old days of strength and conditioning were let's go as far as we can sport, let's go as far as we can, as hard as we can, and when you break, we'll back off, take a little rest, and we'll go a little further next time. That was literally the official model. So um, that was my background. I grew up as an athlete, paddled on the national team, got injured, realized that I needed to ask some different questions because I looked around and was like, every woman on the national team has had shoulder surgery. So is that a feature of being on the national team? Should, we, should my daughters just go ahead and have their shoulder surgery now when they're 16 so they can get on the national team? And what you realize is, wow, can we not prevent any of this? Or is this just a feature of the sport? Like NFL has an injury rate of 100%. Well, let's just go ahead and get injured and, and fulfill that, our destiny. So going to physio school, I knew something was there. But before I started physio school, I started work with an Olympic lifting coach, Jim Schmitz, in you know, South San Francisco in the uh, very early 2000s. And what I'll say is I knew that there was something to how the best athletes in the world and track athletes were lifting and training. And there's something I needed to learn. I go to physio school and I really struggled with understanding what I was learning as a, as a, in this really good physio program, a really excellent physio program in California, Australian based, heavy manual work, very progressive, not, I mean, this is like, we have masters are my daily instructors. I'm going to the world center for PNF. We're doing, you know, at Kaiser Vallejo, we're doing,